I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost is alive and well. And I'll tell you, he's moving mightily within the hearts of men and women all over the world. It's really awesome when you, uh, you know, watch people that are out there really moving in the Holy Spirit. You know, it took faith. Come on. It takes faith to move in the Holy Ghost. Amen? How many know the Holy Spirit is looking for someone that can believe God? Amen? Are you a believer this morning? Are you a believer that can believe God for the impossible? Are you a believer that can believe God that no matter what you face, He is able? Come on, somebody. We serve a God that is able to do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens thee. Amen? Amen? He's a a holy God. He's an all-powerful God. He's an all-knowing God. Come on, somebody. I don't care what it is that you're facing. Our God is able. He is able. But I think sometimes in our walk with God, we have a tendency of forgetting the process in which He brought us here. Today I want to talk to you about Pentecost. I want to talk to you about your part standing up. I think it's time for the church to arise. I think it's time for the church to take their place in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many know you need word, but you need spirit? You can't have one without the other. The two work together. Amen? We find that in Old Testament when we find that when the Torah was given. Do you know that the Torah was given on the day of Pentecost? Do you know that 50 days after Passover, 40 days, Moses is up on the mountain, and while he's on the mountain, he gets the tablets of God and comes down and sees that the people have sinned against God. So he goes back up, and he rewrites those Ten Commandments, and on that 50th day, he came down with the Torah, the Word of the living God. And I don't think it's strange that, that years later that Jesus would come and die at Passover and come at Pentecost, 40 days walking with the disciples and 10 days saying go up into Jerusalem and tarry upon high until you're endued with power. Saints, Jesus knew that people couldn't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And he told them to go to Jerusalem and tarry. That word tarry or wait is the Greek word for kathizo. It means to be seated in an expected position for a move of God. I wonder how many times we go and serve the Lord and come to church that we're just kind of sit back, comfortable, bless me if you can mentality. When in reality, God is saying, come with an expectancy, come with faith, come with believing so that God can move in and through you. Amen? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18, to be filled with the Spirit of God. That word to be filled means continually being infilled with the presence of the Lord. It's not just one event, but it's every day of our life getting filled in His presence and with the great outpouring of His love by the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. I try to spend quality time with the Holy Spirit because I know He can be grieved. I may know when you're spending time with someone, if somebody comes and interrupts, how that feels. Even this morning, I know that I was speaking to someone and someone else came up and said something and I felt grieved because I was cutting one off to try to speak to the other. You know what I'm talking about? 
And the Holy Spirit wants to be an active, personal part of your relationship. Pentecost. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, He gave us the Holy Ghost. In Jewish teachings, there were three major feasts that they observed according to Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. And the three feasts was Passover. That was their deliverance. How many know Passover is our deliverance? Jesus Christ came and died as the Passover lamb so that we could be redeemed to God forever. No longer was it going to be a blood sacrifice every year, but now it was one sacrifice forever. The second feast was Pentecost, a time of recognition of what the goodness of God and what He has given to us. In Old Testament, it was the Torah of the Word of God. In New Testament, it was the Holy Ghost. How many know? Word and Spirit. We find that uh, the last feast that will, will actually be done, uh, which is in about three months, September, October, is the Feast of Tabernacle. According to Christian scholars, I uh, believe that that's when we're going to see the rapture. We're going to see the, the Jewish remnant reestablished and then following the millennial. And how many know we're still waiting for the trumpet to sound? But how many know there's a work to be done between Pentecost and the sound of the trumpet? And God is calling every believer into this realm of word and spirit because I'm telling you, saints, there are people that will not be delivered without the power of God. They're in so much bondage and they've had so many generational curses working against them that even they come to church and they, they go to the altars and they do the confession and they try to believe God, they're still bound because they've not had an encounter of a Pentecost experience. Jesus knew that when the 120 were going to go up into the upper room, He said, don't do anything until you empower from upon high. Endued, think about that. Endued, consumed, filled with the power of God. I, I can only, only imagine for 40 days he walks with the disciples and expounds the scriptures and, and tells them things from, from Old Testament to where he's at. And then on that 40th day on his ascension, he says to them in Acts chapter 1, go to Jerusalem and wait. Think about that. They're in a time where they're being persecuted. Those who are acknowledged to be Christ's followers are being killed. They're hiding in an upper room. They know if they go out, they might not come back. And Jesus said, wait. You know, that's one of the hardest things as Christians is we want to pay at the window and get it at the next one. When in reality, there's a waiting on the Holy Spirit that causes God to show up in His appointed time. See, there's an appointed time for the move of God. And I believe between Pentecost and Tabernacles or Feast of Trumpets, there's going to be a move of God. And it's happening right now all over the world. I love, I love watching some of Heidi Baker's stuff where she says she walks into these, these, these uh, villages out in the middle of nowhere and she just starts praising God. She says she don't preach. 
She don't try to expound the scriptures. She don't try to do anything. She just waits on the presence of God. And all the people start coming because they hear the sound of something going on. And as they come and they continue to pray, she says, I won't do anything until the Holy Spirit responds. How long do you wait? How much time do you give them? We're too busy. We're too fast-paced. We're too in a hurry. We want to get the next job, the next bill, the next situation taken care of. God is saying, just wait. See, He's here right now. He's ready to move upon any one of you who is willing to believe and just wait. You don't make Him move. He moves at the orders of God. Matter of fact, even Jesus said, I do nothing but what my Father tells me and what my Father shows me. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, I don't do anything but what they say. Wait. I can imagine those ten days having to sneak in and out of the upper room, trying to figure out how long are we going to wait? How long is it going to take? See, they didn't know. But they waited. And they waited. And all of a sudden, there was a suddenly. How many is ready for a suddenly? Where God moves. Every day, I have the privilege of waking up to a suddenly. I wake up with such an excitement in life because of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me. I don't, I don't look at what I see in my circumstances or what I'm lacking or what people are going through. I get excited because I get to wake up in the presence of the Lord. My days are full of life because I'm in His presence. Doesn't mean I don't work. Doesn't mean I don't take care of my responsibilities. But my number one responsibility is saying, Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? How do you want to accomplish this today? Even in my labor, I'm asking Him to involve Himself. How do I do this better? How do I do this quicker? How do I do it more precisely to be more pleasing to you than to anybody else? Have you ever asked those questions? Or do you just, like most, run rampantly to the end of your day, tired, only to start all over again? The Holy Spirit wants a personal walk with you. He loves you with a passion that goes beyond anything you could imagine or think. Because see, He is God. He is Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. And they're all one together. Full of love. Full of power. For you. I don't want to get in a hurry. I don't want to miss Him. Because I need Him. He's a person. He's not an it. He's a person. And He wants fellowship. I remember reading the book Benny Hinn had on Good Morning Holy Spirit. And how it was so easy for Benny. He learned that he could grieve the Holy Spirit by not 
given the quality attention that the Holy Spirit wants. Amen? It's really an amazing time right now because when you study Scripture and you look back when the Torah was given, I believe the, the year was 1312 when the Torah was given in the Old Testament. If you put today's date to it, you will find that it's been 3,330 years from first Pentecost Torah to now in the Holy Ghost. 3,333 representing the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, represented three times. And just here within the last two weeks, Jerusalem became the capital. I don't believe it's coincidence because I believe God is doing something in an appointed time to bring both Jew and Gentile under the power of Almighty God. Because see, saints, God will reestablish Jerusalem and God will set up His kingdom. But God is showing us we can be a part. We're in that dispensation to see the glory of God right here on the earth. Amen? Are you ready? Are you prepared for it? See, when true revival really breaks out, first something happens in you. And once it happens in you, then you're ready for what true revival is going to bring. Because when true revival comes, it's going to take... Some attention, it's going to take some time, it's going to take some effort, it's going to take some continue. Come on, and how many know you cannot prefabricate that? I mean, you can say, hey, we're going to have a revival. Well, that's great, two or three days. What happens when the Holy Spirit really shows up? You got all night prayer services. You preach so hard that people fall out of the window and you got to go resurrect them from the dead. That's crazy stuff, but let me, let me tell you, saints, that's what the Bible's talking about. That's what's happened in the Scriptures. Amen? When the Holy Spirit came, He, in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, said that He came to help us to confess Jesus. I love it. We get to confess Jesus because the Spirit of the Lord bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, it says he empowers the believer. How many know we need empowered? Paul tells us in Romans 8, 26, that he helps us to pray. And in verse 27, helps us to make intercession with things we don't know how to pray for. Groanings that cannot be uttered. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says this helps us to live like Jesus. And in verse 25, he also is our guide. And Jesus tells us again in John, I believe it is chapter 16, that or 15 and 16, He says, look, I've got to go away because I've got to send you the comforter because you can't do this by yourself. You need to know the person of the Holy Spirit. You need to have an active encounter with Him. And in Acts chapter 2, I want to read this to you. When the Holy Spirit came, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, And when the day of Pentecost 
when that 50 days had fully come, say fully come, they were all in one accord. They were there for one purpose, and that is to have a meeting with God and to have a meeting together with Him. In one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I wonder what it would be like if we came to church on the same page. I wonder what would happen if we all came just to have an encounter with God, what might show up. Azusa Street Revival was that way. They didn't preach. He just stuck his head in a box on the stage and began to pray in the Spirit until something happened and then things began to happen, not because man was doing something, it's because God was. Amen? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared upon them divided tongues of fire, and one sat on each one of them, and they were all filled. Say filled the Holy Ghost. We're just not talking about goosebumps on the back of the neck. We're talking about an infeeling of God that filled them up to overflow. Amen? And upon them there were divided tongues and the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues as they gave them utterances. You know, a lot of times we stop there. We know that they talk about how all the different nationalities and languages came and they spoke in their native tongue and they, 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 they exalted the name of Jesus, sharing, you know, what the scriptures had to say. But there was something that I think we miss quite regularly. And I did a teaching here at the last growth point that I just want to kind of reiterate this morning to help push you into the prophetic move of God. What I mean by prophetic, when God speaks, how many know it's going to happen? When God speaks. Man can confess a lot of things and get no results. But when God speaks, something happens. Amen? And Peter, you know Peter, the one that Jesus, you know, called him come you know, step out on the water and Jesus, or uh, Peter stepped out on the CO and he got focused on the ME and sank. You, you, you know, Peter, the one that Jesus said that uh, he was going to have to go and Peter's like, I'm going to defend you. I'm not going to let this happen. And Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me for the enemy wants to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. You know, Peter, the one that at the garden cut off the centurion's ear and Jesus had to put it back on. You know, Peter. Sometimes I feel like Peter. (laughs) I'm doing things that I'm thinking that God wants done, but only to find out later it wasn't his will. The Peter in Acts chapter 2 stands up. Saints, we've got to stand up under the anointing of God. Look what happened here. Verse number 14 of Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all of who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and take heed my words. Peter's trying to get their attention. 
Because see, God's got his attention. And Peter stands up. Say, Peter stands up. Come on. Peter stands up. Men of Judea and all those in Jerusalem, hear my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Remember what the prophet Joel said? He said afterwards, Joel chapter 2, afterwards. What's he talking about? He's talking about after the word, after all of these things that you're going to experience through the word, there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that he talks about in the book of Acts. And Peter gets a hold of Joel's prophecy and stands up and begins to pronounce what Joel had said and then begin to give some action behind how to continue in it. You know, we just want the infeeling of the Holy Spirit so that we can go and do. But can I say this to you this morning? Peter has some instructions that's going to help push you into the place of God. And I think sometimes we miss that. Listen to what he says. Verse number 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days. How many know we are in the last days? God, that I will pour out, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in that day, and they shall prophesy. Do you know the scriptures tell us that there are 224 times dreams and visions is mentioned in scripture? I think we have just taken dreams and visions and we have just kind of set them aside like, well, that was pizza last night or that was the aspirin that I had or that was what I you know, experienced during the day. But the reality is Peter's standing up and saying, hey, church, wake up. God wants to speak to you. And this is a place in which he can do so. I wonder how many here really recognize their dreams and their visions and the prophetic of God. As I began to, years ago, look at dreams and visions and the prophetic, I began to see how, how important they are in the presence of God. How important they are, because see, one-third of the Bible is about dreams, visions, and prophecy. And every time there was a dream or a vision or a prophecy, it had to come to pass. It had to come to pass. Let's look at some examples. The first dream that was recorded in Scripture was Abram that he was going to be a father of many nations. But in the dream, he's told that he's going to be, his people are going to be in captivity for 400 years. But God said, don't worry about it. Your, gener your, your gene is going to produce more than the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. I mean, to me, that's like, wait a minute. They're going to be in captivity for 400 years? But God saw beyond that. Do you know God sees the end from the beginning? God sees beyond that. This was in a dream. Genesis 20, Abimelech, when, when Abram took uh, Sarah into the city of Egypt, and he decided that he was his sister. That's what Abram said. This is my sister. And in the middle of the night, Abimelech had a dream, says, don't touch her or you're a dead man. I mean, no, that'd wake you up. 
Genesis chapter 40, Joseph was in prison. You know, remember Joseph, the dreamer? The dreamer that told his family, one day you're going to bow down before me? And Joseph ends up being put in a pit, taken to the palace, put in a prison. And now in the prison, two, a butler and a baker has a dream. And they ask Joseph about it. And Joseph said, only God can interpret this. Tell me the dream. So he interpreted that the, that the um, butler was going to be restored as a cupbearer, but the baker was going to have his head cut off. How many know that's pretty straightforward? Scripture says that's exactly what occurred. As a result of the dreamer, he now got an opportunity to go before Pharaoh, interpret his dreams about the seven fat cows, the seven lean cows, the seven grain heads, the seven lean heads, and how the lean were going to swallow them up, and there were going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. How many know these are important dreams? They changed nations. I mean, it changed lots of people and societies. People were preserved because people were hearing from God in dreams and visions. I think we want the Holy Spirit, but we don't want the responsibility that it takes because let me tell you, dreams and visions, when you're having these things, you have really got to be in tune with God. You've got to be seeking Him. You've got to have a relationship with Him. You've got to know that this is God's stuff, not your stuff. Amen? Later, because of that dream, because of Pharaoh, because of the butler, because of the baker, his dream got fulfilled because his family did bow down before him. Later, Jacob was going to come and visit in Egypt, but was concerned about going to Egypt, not knowing he would come back out. God gave him a dream and said, it's going to be well with you, go. 2 Samuel chapter 7, Nathan the prophet told David in a dream, that David was going to have a son Solomon and would build a house for the temple of God. Judges 7, Gideon overheard people that had a dream about the barley loaf running into the tents of the Midianites, which told Gideon that God was on their side. Come on, somebody. Dreams can change everything. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, when Solomon was told, the glory came down, filled the house, they weren't able to minister, and now Solomon's sleeping, and in the middle of his sleep, he has this dream, and God says, hey, Solomon, if the fire ever goes out, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, God said, I will come and I will be with them continually, perpetually. Let me know. Those are powerful dreams that change lives and still changes our lives. Amen? We see it in Ezekiel, future visions, Daniel about the four beasts. We see it in the New Testament where, where Joseph now is going to have to put away Mary, but God comes to Joseph in a dream and says to Joseph, marry her because she has been under the divine Holy Spirit and is bearing a child called Emmanuel. Acts chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew 2.13, Joseph to go out of Egypt or go to Egypt so that he's not killed by Herod. Matthew 2.19, he was told to go back to Israel because now Herod had died and there was a new Herod and it was okay for him to go home. Matthew 27, Pilate's wife had a dream and said, don't touch this man, trying to warn, uh, warn her husband about Jesus. Acts 9, 10 and 11, Ananias 
uh, had a dream about Peter coming to his house and his whole household. It says Acts 16, verse 9, Paul was told to go to Macedonia. Acts 18, verse 9, Paul was uh, preached in Corinth and told him to continue even though he was under... Can you see what I'm talking about here today? The Bible tells us that when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a place that we can go if we will tune in and God will begin to speak. I love this place because God has been speaking to me so much. The Bible says in Job 33, look at this one. Job 33, verses 14 through 18. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Go on. In a dream... In a vision by night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. See, God can speak to you better probably in dreams and visions than he can while you're too busy working for him. Many times we're too busy to stop and hear from God, but God says, look, when you go to bed... Ask me to make myself known. Because I'll seal some instruction for you. Amen? Numbers chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, talking about uh, Miriam and Aaron, how they had talked against the man of God, and God called them out. Again, that's Numbers 12, verses 6 through 8. See, my heart today is is to push you into an arena where God can move. To push you into a place where God Himself can show up. How many want God to show up? This is an arena where God wants to operate. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to have dreams and visions. Old men are going to, what? Actually, they're going to prophesy and have visions, and old men are going to have dreams and dream dreams. I'm I'm classified as one of those old men. Thank you. Looking pretty good, though, aren't I? Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. I think sometimes God loves to come in dreams and visions is because he wants you in a quiet place where you can hear So he can begin to speak to you. So you can search him out. I mean, no, we're going to have to search these things out. It's not casual Christianity anymore, saints. If you're going to walk in Pentecost, you're going to have to start pressing in. You just can't sit back on a casual flow and say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. God is looking for people of faith. God is looking for people who are willing to take the precious Holy Spirit and move in the presence of God and showing what He can do in their behalf. Amen? Dreams and visions have changed my life. When I was a young kid, I used to have tons of dreams. And in my dreams, I would have these cartoon characters always chasing me. And the bad part, and I was a young kid, the bad part was I was always naked and afraid. And I would always run and hide and I would find a place to hide. But the cartoon character would always find me. And when they found me, I knew I was dead. And I'd wake up in fear. My whole 
early part of life and childhood and young teenage dreams just happen over and over. And they were always cartoon characters, always messing with me. I was almost afraid to go to bed because I didn't know what cartoon character was going to get me next. But every time, every dream, every time I went to bed, I got the same thing. They caught me. They caught me no matter where I went. And one day, I had a dream, another dream. And in the dream, I'm, I'm captive, I'm in chains, I'm in the bottom of the ocean, I'm in this like cabin, and there's these guys with guns, and they're holding me hostage, and they won't let me go. And in this dream, I see this board just kind of moving because of the water, and I look and see the guys, and they're doing something else, and all of a sudden, my chains fell off, and I ran through that board, and I'm running for my life, and as I'm running for my life, I see this man that, that is, has a caravan of camels, just one man, and as I'm running towards that one man, I look back, and these guys that kept me captive all of a sudden realized I was heading to someone, and they had to flee, and they fled, and when I got to him, I looked at him. Now, this was before I was saved. I knew nothing about dreams and visions, and I looked up at him, and I said, what do you want? You saved my life. And he said, all I want is a drink of water. The next night, I got saved. Oh, come on, somebody. Because of this dream, it prepared me to meet with God. My third dream that I had, the Lord had uh, been talking to me about starting a church and getting a building, and, and uh, we found a building that we wanted, but the guy wanted $360,000 for the building. So we, we, I called him up on the phone because I'd been praying. The Lord spoke to me and said, offer him one hundred and thirty. dollars Now, Dave, you know, $360,000 to $130 is really ludicrous. The guy slammed the phone down and says, there's no way I'm doing business with any of you anymore. Pulled his sign out from the realtor. And that's the last I heard. I went home that night. I went to bed and I had a dream. Because I've been inquiring of God. And I'm in this dream and, and I'm on this fast moving train and it's moving like one of those European trains. You know, I've been in Germany and they, they've got slow trains and fast trains. This one was flying. Nonstop. All of a sudden, it pulled up to a train station. I got out to get a candy bar, and I looked up, and the train was gone. I said, God, what am I supposed to do? And God says, go to Web City train station, and in seven days, it'll be back. Check this out. I didn't know the building I was looking to purchase was in Web City, let alone had a train station. I had no idea of this, but God did. God said, in seven days, that train will come back. Seven days to the day, I get a phone call from the same guy that slammed the phone down, and he said, 135000 and it's yours. Come on, somebody. I had a dream, and God spoke in the dream what I was supposed to. How many want some inside information on what God is doing in your life and through your life? It was so awesome. I called my real estate guy up and said, hey, you won't believe this. He said, what? I said, I got the building for $135,000, but I got a problem. He said, well, what's your problem? I said, you haven't sold my building, and I can't get a loan against my building until it's sold to buy this one. He hung the phone up. Five minutes later, called me back and said, I bought it, and when we sell yours, we'll settle up. Come on. Come on, somebody. 
God wants to speak to you, but you've got to tune in. You've got to make yourself available. You just can't go to bed and get up the next day and think, wow, God's going to speak to me. No, you have to work at it. You have to spend some time at it. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to remember. Holy Spirit, teach me through this process because I have learned that through my dreams, visions, and prophecy, I'm tuned into the voice of God better than I've ever tuned into the voice of God because I'm hearing God in my night hours. So when I'm awake in my day hours, His voice is very clear. I believe Peter stood up and said, look guys, this is a training field to take you deeper in the things of the Spirit so you can know Daddy's voice. I had the fourth dream. Got the building, and in this dream, I go into the city and I'm in the marketplace and I'm doing ministry. And I get ready to go into this building, and this person says to me, don't go in there, you won't come out. And I said to the person, I've got Jesus, I will go in and I will come out. I went into the building. And as I'm in that first floor, I see these stairs going up to another level. And I run over to the stairs and when I get there, the stairs disappear. So I find a ladder and I lean it up and I climb up the ladder to that second pier and I get up there and I find another staircase and so I go over to the spiral staircase and it vanishes and all I can find is a rope so I'm climbing this rope and I'm in climbing and I finally get to the top and as I peek over the top ledge I see all these people in chains and bondages and sick and diseased. And when I pulled myself up, and I'm going to tell you, saints, it took effort. When I pulled myself up and I looked, this is what came out of their mouth. We've been waiting for you because we knew you were coming to set us free. Over my years of ministry, I have seen those different levels where I'm just kind of learning, growing, learning the Word, learning the Spirit going to another level, trying to work through stuff, a little hard, you know. How many know it's sometimes hard as you walk in the kingdom of God? But I stepped into that third level, and saints, I've got to tell you, over the last several years, I have seen chains come off. I've seen people getting delivered. I've seen people get freed up. Why? Because God was tuning me in to what He wanted to do. And I was making myself available to God every night when I go to bed. I'm spending time with God saying, God, speak to me through the night hours. Awaken me in the early hours so that I can remember these things that you're trying to teach me. See, saints, I want to stir you up to the realms of God. Peter, finally, after doing all these wrong, stood up and said, this is not what you think. They're not drunk as you're supposed. It's time to step into the realms of God. It's time to invite God in so that he can speak to you. Speak, Holy Spirit. We truly need more of you. Amen? When doing this class on the last, I guess, seventh session, God told me to go into my junk drawer. And I don't recommend this because I don't believe in throwing things before God and seeing how they turn up. I had a buddy of mine one time said, look, a girl asked me to come and eat at her house and said if she cooks pork chops, green beans, baked potato, and a salad. I know I'm supposed to marry her. It was a disaster. You know, you don't throw fleeces before God. But God spoke to my heart. I had a vision. He said, before you go tonight, I want you to fill a bag up uh, from your junk drawer, and I want you to take it, and when the time comes, I'm going to show you what to do. How many was in that class? Raise your hands. I want you to see them around there. One, two, three, four, five. It changed your life, didn't it? 
It changed my life. I reached in the bag and I picked out a purple chip clip. You know, the ones you put on uh, potato chip bags? And I was looking at that and I said, God, what are you trying to... You know, if you're going to get interpretation of God, you've got to inquire of God. You've got to ask Him what He's saying. You don't run after prophets. You don't run after teachers and preachers. You don't run after evangelists to try to get a word from God. Run after God. So, man, I was looking at this and I said, well, it's a chip clip. And as I was looking at it, it had the word Zing on it. My last name is Zinger. He's Zinger. And God says, I'm going to help the chip that is in your heart for the loss of your mom. And I said to him, Lord, how are you going to do this? And he says, look at the color. The color was purple, which represented the female side. And God says, if you'll turn to your wife, she will help heal your heart. You have to understand, my wife had a stroke, and it's been very hard for her to function outside of all the things that she's been dealing with herself. And I'm thinking in my head, how is this possible? i got to tell you, two days later, something broke in the spirit because there was a prophetic push. Something broke in the spirit. And I'll tell you what, I have never seen her love me as much as she's loved me through this time that I'm in right now and comfort me through this time that I'm in right now. And I'll tell you what, what a godsend to hear from God and to know where to turn to get help. Baby, I love you and I thank you so much for being there for me. We had a young man that was in the, in the session. He got this railroad tie and on the railroad tie was a train that was actually carved on the railroad tie made out of steel. And he starts crying. And I said, what's wrong? He said, you won't believe this. He said, before I came tonight, I was going to commit suicide. He said, but when I saw that spike, God said to me, drive it back into the ground and make it solid and get back on the tracks because there's someone in your household that's going to get saved as a result of you staying there. Oh, I could tell you more stories and more stories because everybody that was in that room that night, God showed up. God wants to speak to you. God wants the Holy Spirit to be personal with you. But you have got to tune in. I love, I love talking with Michael because Michael and I have kind of the same flow of spirit. And there's times where I'll just somebody will just pop up and I'll go, I know God wants to minister there. And it's amazing because when you're really sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He'll start moving into areas that only He can do. He was telling me about last Friday night of a woman and her stomach getting healed. Another one about metal objects in her body that was dissipating under the fire. God, I'm telling you, God is do anything. Amen? But you've got to tune in. You've got to stand up. I told you about Joseph. Joseph chapter, or Genesis 48 says, the interpretation belongs to God. It's not easy, but it belongs to God. If you have dreams... You know, if I, if I have dreams about David Yates, I don't need to be going to David Yates and say, hey, David, what do you think God's saying about you? <laughs> what I need to do is say, God, what are you saying about it? Are you hearing me today? Pentecost was about the Holy Spirit coming, being personal with each individual. Because remember what happened? They spoke in the other person's native tongue. And there were many native tongues. Not everybody spoke in the same tongues because it's as the Holy Spirit wills. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us again today. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us again today on how we can step back in to the realms of Him. If we're going to talk about Pentecost and the infilling of the Spirit, don't you think it's time we begin to entertain Him more? 
Amen? I was uh, really struggling with the loss of my mom and even to the point to where, I'll be honest with you, um, I was thinking about leaving the church and going someplace else, but you know, that's never the answer running. So during the night I had a dream and God began to speak so profoundly and specifically to me. Problem was, when I woke up the next morning, I remembered the dream, but I didn't know the interpretation. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, what's the interpretation? For two days, I walked around asking the Lord for the interpretation and never could get it until I wrote it down. Something happened in the Spirit when I began to write. And as I began to write, I heard the Spirit of the Lord tell me exactly what I was to do. And I'll tell you what, I've never been so fortified and settled in a church other than the one I pastored as I am right now in this place. See, it had nothing to do with what the church was doing. It was everything with what I was going through. See, it ain't the church that's making you run. It's not the people that's making you run. It's you not being tuned in to God and hearing what He's saying. Amen? Habakkuk said it this way in chapter 2 of uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and following. I think it's 1 and 2. Chaldeans is destroying the children of God. They don't know where to go. The prophet's saying, God, why are you doing this? He has no understanding. It was like, wait a minute, God, you don't destroy your people. But he was destroying his people. And, and Habakkuk's like, God, what's up here? So Habakkuk said, I'm going to take my rampart. I'm going to take my position and I'm going to watch and see what you shall say so when I am corrected, then I will write it down and he who reads it will run with it. It will not tarry but it will come to pass. See, God's stirring some stuff inside you today. He's challenging you to go deeper in the things of the Spirit. This is the day of the outpouring of Pentecost and the word of the living God. And Peter stood up and amplified it by saying, here is what you can do. If you're struggling in your walk with the Holy Spirit, if you're struggling in hearing the voice of God, just take your place and let Him begin to speak in dreams, in visions, in prophecy. I love it because when I pray for people, I get visions now. Why? Because I desire it. You know what the Bible says? Stir up the gift. Desire the gift. If you don't stir it up, don't desire it. You don't get it. And each and every one of us is responsible for ourselves. You can have as much or as little as you want of the Holy Spirit. But I'll tell you, saints, with where we're at in life, we need Him more than ever. Come on, stand to your feet with me. We need Him more than ever. Why don't you just begin today, the day of Pentecost, invite the Holy Spirit again afresh. Praise team, would you come? Invite Him again afresh into your life. Don't miss an opportunity for Him to involve Himself in your life and your circumstances. It first starts with you. And once he begins to tune into you and you into him, he'll start moving and be happy. Do you know that 95, I believe it is, percent of dreams are all about you? 95%. What does that mean? Well, 2 to 
has to do with God trying to speak about something, someone, someplace, or, or maybe even nations. But let me tell you, if you're not tuned into the Holy Spirit to do that, don't do it. Because you're stepping into areas that only God uses people that are prepared for. Let it start with you. Right now. Let the Holy, just invite the Holy Spirit right now. Just raise your hands, close your eyes, whatever's comfortable to you. Sit in your chair. Say, Holy Spirit, let's welcome Him. Can we do that?